Three, two, one. All right, all right, all right, all right. We are here for our first international podcast. I'm so excited. So hopefully it works. For all we know that maybe you're only going to hear one of us and you'll just have to fill in the blanks. It'll be like podcast Mad Libs. Yeah, this reminds me of the time that no, this is our second international podcast. Yeah, because remember that's true, that's when true. I recorded from Austria, Vienna, Austria? Yeah, that was crazy. So hopefully I know. Hopefully the sound quality on this one's a little better. Yeah, that was I'm before we even had like mics or anything. Yeah, and we still really don't have mics. We're just faking it till we make it. I'm currently recording in a studio that is actually a Prius. Okay, well, I have a mic. Uh, I'm actually set up really nicely. We might use my like picture as the picture Which for the podcast. It's very nice. Almost six-figure nonprofit job. You one percenter. Yeah, we out here. I'm in the industrial the industrial nonprofit complex. I'm just a little jealous, Greg. Like one, you're younger than me, and two, like I have a bigger title than you, and you still get more money. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, we don't we don't gotta you know um, get into a pissing contest about it. But I mean, my nonprofit's <laughs> a little bigger. Says the winner. <laughs> says the winner. <laughs> it's not a competition, loser. Yeah, it's not a competition, Cameron. It's all right. I see all the pictures of you like saving people from like car accidents, and you pictures with black people and meeting Cory Booker. You just have the better life than me. All I have done is met. Uh, Earl Blumenauer for like the 17th time in my life. Well, that's cool. That you got a cool picture. New. Was he wearing that's a bow tie? Not... Yeah, he was. He was very dapper. Oh, that's cool. We talked bikes together. It was very romantic. I don't know how to tie a bow tie. I, I'm i a clip-on person. I'm like, Wait. you aren't going to see the back anyways. So you might as well clip uh, on. Of all ties or just bow ties? Well, I don't wear bow ties, but if, if I was a bear tie, a bow tie wearer, yeah, I would be a clip-on bow tie wearer. I have like a halfway between clip-on bow tie where like it still has what? the thing that goes around, but like you just clip that, so like it still looks like a tie, and then you tighten Weird. it. Weird. Yeah, it's like okay. a it's like a leash. That's exciting, man. Yeah. Well, I'm happy you're having the best life of the world right now. Yeah, you know, I just got elected and shit. Yeah, you're an elected official now. <laughs> so are you president or treasurer? What's your title? Um, at large. Okay. Yeah, so. First time that's ever described you. I'm salty this morning. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've had the yeah, best so week. Great. Oh, has it not been a good week? Oh, man, what is my life? Okay, let's do the news roundup before we get into life. Let's do it. Okay, so first up here, and so because Cameron's life sucks so bad, he doesn't even know about any of the news going on. Um, but he doesn't know about this because he's the one that told me. Apparently, Jeff Merkley is hiring staff in Iowa and New Hampshire. Well, I just Googled that. Okay, well, that means Thanks that Week. That means he's running for president, yeah? Merkley 2020. It means he might be. You know, there's been a lot of speculation and Jeff Merkley says that this is a part of a blue wave pack where he's supporting women who are trying to uh, change congressional seats from red to blue. 
Mm-hmm. However, you don't need to hi- personally hire staff to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's raising questions. I know. We're all like, Merkley, stop teasing us. I think he's running. Give so, us the dirty, dirty. So let's say he, I hope he's running. Okay, let's say he's running. Who do you vote for before you vote for Jeff Merkley? Let's say everybody's running. Uh, I don't know. There's a, Oh, everybody? You mean like Kamala Harris? Yeah, yeah. Booker, everybody that there's rumors of running Black- runs. Let's say Juan that happens. Castro. Who's getting your vote before Jeff Merkley Oprah. does? Oprah. You're voting for <laughs> Oprah before Jeff Merkley? Uh, fabulous. I don't know. I would probably pick any progressive brown person over Jeff Merkley. Um, I, that's hard because I love Jeff Merkley, and I would be more than enthused to have him you know, be my next president. Yeah. However, I do think that there... I want to change history and the representation of the U.S. Congress needs to shift. And I think 2020 is as good enough year as any. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I think that I would not have any hesitations casting a vote for Jeff Merkley, but I might be more excited about other candidates. Do you think Kamala Harris is like a progressive? Yeah. You know, I think out of all all the candidates other than Jeff Merkley, I personally, and Bernie Sanders, I would personally have to do more research on and really listen to people who are uh-huh. on the ground. Yeah. But um, Kamala definitely is not a conservative Democrat. That's for sure. That's definitely true. She was a cop, though, is where my hesitance comes from. But, um, you know, and also who's to say what's going to happen in this long election, you know, cycle. So... We're going to learn a lot about some people. Someone's going to get taken out by a scandal. Like, yep. so who knows what's going to happen? I mean, the selfish part of me is what like. Is, what is Jeff's Merkley scandal going to be? DUI. He probably has, he probably has like a secret marijuana dispensary. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be like drug or alcohol related. <laughs> God, I don't want to say this. But the, 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 reason, <laughs> the reason why I'm excited is because it's like, well, I want it to be somebody who knows who I am, like, because it's not like any president in the past has ever known who I am. So it's pretty cool. Well, my family got Cory Booker elected as mayor of Newark. So I already got an N. Yeah. Uh, one presidential candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe h- yeah, one day I'll met- get to meet him. I thought you did meet him. I did. I met him twice. Oh. Ah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have seen his face when he met me in Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah. I came up to him and I had my name tag on, which I usually hate wearing name tags. Pics or it didn't and happen. I and I said, I do have pics of it. There's some really ugly pics. Like Cory Booker made like this, the ugliest wow face in the world. Like I could like uh, uh, ransom him if he mm-hmm. tries to run for president. Be like, I will release these pictures unless you give me some money. Oh, so, no. Anyways. So I walk up to him. And I say, do you recognize my last name? And he says, yes, I know a Richard Witten. I know a Gloria Witten. I know another Richard Witten. I said, that's my grandmother, my grandfather, and my uncle. And he just was like, how are you real? And he gave me a big hug, and then we took a picture. Was it a selfie? Oh, I did meet him twice um, because he came to my grandfather's funeral and he spoke. Whoa. Yeah. Rest in peace. They named a street after my grandfather. What, you need to go live there and cash in on some of this family legacy. In New Jersey? Hashtag nepotism. Yes. Mm. Well, there's other parts of the story that I cannot tell you 
on the podcast. So there's a reason why I'm not moving back to New Jersey. All right. And on that note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Merkley, we still love you. Yeah, we love you. You got our vote as long as a bunch of other people don't run also. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> the biggest asterisk ever. Well, it's just like, you know, I think the only people I would vote for ahead of Jeff Merkley is, I don't know where I'm at with Bernie Sanders right now, but I don't know. Um, Elizabeth Warren. Um, That's it? Really? Holy shit. Michelle Obama. Yes, that is actually my number one. <laughs> Michelle Obama. God, I think she's too smart to ever want to be like president or anything. But Ex- yeah. But God, that'd be so awesome. I would love it. Anyways, who's? I wonder who's the most likely out of the field of people that's potentially running to be caught in a scandal. Like real scandal or fake scandal? Like, like you have to not run anymore. <laughs> but the thing is, like Hillary got caught in a bunch of fake scandals. Like, does that count? No, I think it's got like like a Me Too scandal or like a or like a That's embezzling out half the population or like embezzling money from a storied organization. Hmm. I don't know what the whole list is. I would probably you know. I I feel like something up with Kamala Harris, so I'm gonna say like that one. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Who else is running? Well, it's gotta be what what it probably is is we'll be able to tell who it would have been by the ones that end up being like, nope, not gonna run, because those ones are the ones that are like looked into it and they're like, shit, someone's gonna uncover this thing I did. Yeah, I think the other candidates that um that I know of have just been. In the limelight for so long. Yeah, Joe Biden. Where, exactly. Like, he's not going to have scandals come out. No, like, because... Anything that comes out will yeah. be, like, the shit that Hillary Clinton went through, which were most of them were, like, fake. Yeah. But then people treated them like they were real. Lock her up. Yeah. But there's just, like, limited amount of lock pronoun memes you can make. Lock him up. Lock them up. Maybe they'll do, like, some gender nonconforming pronouns. But, like, you can't lock up multiple hers. The, the alt-right has to find some new material. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of one, but I'm sure Trump will think of something. I mean, like, whoever... Oh, you know who else they say is um, could run is um, Stormy Daniels' lawyer, who I really don't like. Uh, That's weird. Like, he would... No. Did you see... He put out, like, a policy statement of all the policies he believes in, and everybody's trying to draft him for president. Um, I think he timed it too bad because oh Stormy Daniels isn't going to be as big of a thing in a year or whatever, you know, so. Um, That's and, so funny. But speaking of Stormy Daniels, let's just skip to that story. Her uh, her book came out. Um, it looks like you might not know about this, but there's all sorts of bombshells. One of them is that she was sitting with the president when he was not president um, shortly after his son was born. And they were um, in between having sexual relations. They were watching Shark Week on the Discovery Channel and Hillary Clinton called and they had a nice conversation while Trump was still distracted by Shark Week. Um, and it was during the primary when she was about to be, where she was running against Obama, and they referred to their plan at the end of the call. And so there's like all sorts of speculation that it could be like, oh, you're just not going to support Obama, all the way to 
start the birther movement all the way to like the extreme conspiracy of we're going to both run for president in 2016. So, oh, I messed that up. It was 2008 when the, that primary was going on, obviously. So that happened. And then the, the more like one that's making headlines is Stormy Daniels describing the president's what? I just already know the story, but yeah, say it. Okay, yeah, he's describing the president's penis. Um, she says he knows it's weird looking, that it looks like the mushroom thing on uh, on Mario Kart, um, and that it's very weird looking. And uh, yeah, so that happened. Oh, and small. Mm. Hmm. I, I don't feel weird about all that. But anyways... So that happened. Last time we have to talk about that subject. Yeah, well, until her lawyer runs for president. Um, let's see. Paul Manafort is going to jail um, and is now cooperating with the special count special counsel. It's like weird because not only remember when he was like, I hire the best people. I mean, he his whole career was off of I hire good people and fire the bad people. And like. Everyone he hired is going to jail and snitching on him. But then also, mm-hmm. like, all of these people are, like, because he's all about loyalty and stuff. And he can, like, all these people convince him that he's, they're very loyal. And then they just snitch on him when it comes down to it because they're all snakes. So they don't, like, actually care. And because Trump's never done anything for them. So, yeah. No thoughts? Should be crazy out here. You have no thoughts on nope. Paul Manafort? All I think is bye Felicia, na 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 na, hey hey goodbye, what? um and it yeah it's it's a house of cards it's falling down, um Trump is gonna think that he is you know innocent until the handcuffs are on him who knows maybe even from jail Trump will be like I'm innocent I'm not in jail this is my new resort fake news the, uh, <laughs> yeah I mean I don't think the Trump Corrections Institute. People are all like, um, yeah, it's going to be great. Trump's going to get, like, drug out in handcuffs, like, and then it's just going to be over and, like, we'll just move on from Donald Trump. I really don't think that our country is in that sort of, like, state right now. Like, one, I think he's going to come out kicking and screaming. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, like, ordering the military to not let him get taken out and then they have to make a decision, which I assume they would make the right decision. But, you know, like, he could be like, nope, Secret Service, don't let him take me. Um, this is unconstitutional. He could get his like Supreme Court nominees to say, nope, actually, you can't drag the president out of the White House and where we basically are in like some sort of coup situation. I mean, like it, there's a lot of ways it could go really bad, um, but there's no way that he's going to like leave and plead guilty and go to jail. And that's going to be it. Like, it's not going to work like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I mean, like they had Rudy Giuliani. He like I remember don't remember, but I remember reading about um, when after 9-11 happened, he was like, yeah, we might have to cancel the elections for the mayor of New York um, because, you know, we're in a crisis right now and I got to keep being mayor. And he like floated not too long ago that if a lot is going on, that we might have to cancel the elections for president. And like I, I like normally that's like beyond the realm of possibility and it's just with this president i don't really think it is like that's something that i'm sure they would consider if they were losing if they were like nope there's three million illegals voting in this election we can't have it um i'm just going to be president until i give it to don jr or ivanka 
That's some Putin shit. Well, that's his role model. That's so, true. So yeah, everybody's going to jail. But do you really? Do you really believe in that electoral doomsday that the presidential election will be canceled? No, I think that. Uh, I think that he will go through every means that he possibly can before we end up in the situation where people think that we're going to where he's like in handcuffs walking out of the White House. And so some of them will work, some of them won't work, but I don't think that there's anything that he won't consider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that, you know, that shows in the things that he's considered doing already or done already that like normally would be like, no, there's no way someone's going to actually do that. And he at least considers it and sometimes does it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's the most important person in the world in his mind. And so I think he would do anything to protect his own interests. Yeah. It's just going to be like how strong are our are, are, are like institutions in this country to stand up to him? Well, our institutions suck anyways. I don't put that much faith into institutions that have always been unjust. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, what, we're going to rely on the FBI and the military and stuff to, like, get this guy out of office in the criminal justice system. That's like what we're banking on, you know. And then also, like, not just forgetting about his crazed supporters. Like, what is what are Patriot prayer rallies going to look like if the president's been indicted but won't leave the White House? Like, it's pretty crazy. (laughs) We'll have, like, the Bundy ranchers, like, parking up on the White House. Yeah. That's what we'll have. Yeah. Holy shit. Damn. I mean, it's not going to be smooth. Yeah. (laughs) They'll call themselves like the Daughters of Liberty or some shit like that. Yeah, exactly. It'll be the American Revolution Part 2. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But that reminds me, this is not in our news roundup, but um, so uh, one of the Bundys, like Al Bundy or whatever, one of the Bundys is running for Senate in Nevada. Uh, yeah. And he put out his platform, and <laughs> and one of the things is he does want to get rid of the current criminal justice system. Um, he wants maximum prison sentences of five years, um, even oh, wow. even for the worst of crimes, and that we will focus on re- like murdering uh, people. Watch, yep, yep, and we will focus on rehabilitation. Like, what if you, like poisoned an entire like state like oh, we went to like new hampshire yeah maximum the five water years supply and killed everybody oh but here's how he's gonna deal with that so if you are raped if you rape three people you need to be raped three times facilitated no! oh no it's an eye for an eye system where and it will be facilitated by the victim's family or the victim if they are still alive Wait, this is on the website? He took it down after the news stories, but yes, it was on the website. There, there's still images oh of it you can find. But it gets even worse. God. If you murder 10 people, you will be murdered 10 times. It really but that. but they will resuscitate you after each of them unless you oh choose unless you choose for your oh last resuscitation to not be final. I mean, yeah, to like if you choose for your 10th murder to like actually be just your murder, they'll allow you to just die on the tenth murder. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! So, I mean, oh like, my god! And I don't know how he's gonna do that from the Senate. Like, <laughs> oh my fucking 
How would they try to kill him then? Like, so I think, how would like, you, like, I put think, somebody on the brink ten times? I think it's, like, they'll, like, choke you. Or, like, maybe, like, stop your heart with some sort of some thing. Some people are like, that choking thing, though. You don't want to, like, give that punishment to the wrong person. That would be a might, reward. Someone might kill ten people just to get into that. Yeah. Hey, like, choke me, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they can, like, stop your heart and then start it or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's the superpower shit. I know, but it, but when I read it, I was like, "Wait, murdered ten times?" It's like that. Maybe seem like to someone make will sense. have a peanut allergy and like they'll feed the peanuts <laughs> and give an epi shot a second for too late. <laughs> and then they'll have to do it twice a year. Like, will they have to get inventive? Like, you just want to murder somebody the same way ten times. You gotta like switch that shit up. Like Dylan Roof, he'll just get used to it. You, you gotta like, yeah. like one time, like you'll have your parachute fail and you almost die, and then another time you'll like have a drowning accident, but you actually won't drown. Yeah. Third time you'll get hit by a car. And if it's but fortunately it was like a mile, just not too soon. But if it's like eye for an eye, like so, like what if you just break someone's all of their bones and like they could have died but they didn't. So do we break mm-hmm. all of your bones and maybe you'll die and maybe you won't? Or what if you like mm-hmm. horribly? like cut somebody into pieces we can't do that to you and then resuscitate you so it's like i don't know if he stopped this all the way this, through these are important <laughs> questions for the first candidate debate so we have to make sure cnn does a town hall you and i will be plants and make sure that these questions get we'll asked. have a resistance forum in nevada <laughs> um speaking of uh resistance forums i um was the moderator for a debate that included joanne um hardesty and loretta smith and recently opb did a huge investigative story saying that joanne um you know resuscitated uh, the naacp oh my gosh but that there was financial mismanagement um and so people were like okay that's you know not awesome but it didn't seem like it was going to be that big of a deal um at least i didn't think i saw people saying like well we're not electing an accountant to the um um to city council and um then loretta came out with her statement of which she's also running sponsored ads that say that are accusing joanne of embezzlement which is a crime you go to jail for and saying she needs to return the $13,000 and um, that she stole it from a storied organization. And so uh, things are getting a little um, heated and it's going to be really interesting at their next debate. But um, so that's the line of attack from Loretta Smith now is that Joanne embezzled money from the NAACP. What say you, Cameron Witten? Well... Holy shit, politics in in Oregon. It's it's a sad time. It's a sad time. Um I I I think my initial reaction is the story does not have legs. Um from what I've seen with my expert view of social media and the public, mm-hmm. um very little people have spoken publicly. And most times when a scandal that's truly a scandal has come out, you'll you'll have seen people start dogpiling on. Um, I think a great example is Kitsaber. And the writing was not on the wall until the writing was on the wall. And that came in that final month. So I, I think 
you know, this might lead to a drip of news because this is not going to be the last <coughs> that we have revelations about either candidate. Yeah. And so I think what folks are now ready for is <coughs> for additional information to come out that they can use to decide who's the right person to vote for. Um, I think Loretta has exposed herself to risk because she's out here calling it an embezzlement. And unless this is something that, you know, Hardesty gets found guilty for, it's just going to, you know, further hurt Loretta's credibility. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people who already don't trust her. Yeah. And this is not going to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and agree. I think one thing that's really challenging is in the black community, you know, there's so much infighting that happens and at the same time there is this stigma against calling out other black people and so we are against it but we still do it anyways but i think in this situation it's going to hurt loretta trying to go after another black woman yeah i think i can see it that way i mean in it and it's like if you really think you're the best candidate let's talk about policy you know um but and so also nobody had brought the word embezzlement into it opb did not do that and so not only are you like calling out a black woman but you're opening a door to to throwing that person into the criminal justice system so nobody else had brought that up and now these police Possibly officers into wapato but yeah exactly <laughs> uh all of these um cops that joanne has been you know going head to head with forever are now looking like oh embezzlement mm, let's look into this you know and it's like you don't want to be the person to throw that first stone that could eventually land somebody in prison so especially a black woman so um yeah i mean but that like we could say all that and then in a month look really stupid when joanne is arrested for like horrible embezzlement you know so who knows but it, i don't think it changes any of the policies that these people um, are putting forth i'm still supporting joanne so i mean but um it's it's well, not good here's stuff the thing loretta smith has very smart campaign consultants behind them if Loretta really believed this was embezzlement and really wanted city council, it would not be done through doing a, a, a Facebook ad. Sure, it but we don't done. know if that's going on also. I mean, the, uh, you know, they could have put in a DOJ complaint. Someone could do that. You know, we don't know yeah, what's going why, on but, also. But, but why would you have publicly put the word out about embezzlement giving the your opponent the the time and energy to hire their lawyers yeah. and come out with their statement in defense of embezzlement charges well, you would do a sneak attack if you so just like, can't help yourself i don't know if you don't yeah. if you don't think that that investigation will happen in time to save the election you know i don't know there's scenarios but that's true but let's say this so you do nonprofit work um let's say let's say that you um hired brown hope to um to do something from your a different nonprofit that you worked for and yep. you were the only person at the nonprofit that knew that you had hired Brown Hope you wrote a check to Brown Hope and then that Brown Hope check went straight to Cameron Witten and you're the only person that signed off on any of those checks and it was about a sixth of the budget from that organization 
Like, that'd be a big deal, right? It's a huge deal. So. <laughs> no, I think that uh, many ethics, ethics questions are raised, and I don't think, you know, I think both sides are handling ways, uh, a- handling the situation in ways that are not fully with integrity. So there's one side that's like, this is criminal malfeasance this person is a you know uh economic terrorist and then on the other side we're hearing oh this is in the past this is not important this this does not mean anything and i don't think either of those are actually fair but let's say that scenario that i laid out happens to you you would be and then it comes out you'd be worried that you potentially committed a crime yeah, but I would never yeah. do that. Like, I can't even I know, sign yeah, check so. for, for, for Q-Center. So. Yeah, because there's yeah. – pro- so let's say – yeah, so it's like let's say you can't, but the person that can went to the hospital, and that's the day you started signing them. It's pretty bad. Exactly. Like, that poses a lot of questions. <laughs> like, very convenient that a person just went to the hospital, and now you have a $10,000 check going straight to your bank account. Yeah. I mean – I don't know. I also think that um, and for a nonprofit, like, like I think if you have, if you were able to go through all of that work to do the work, mm-hmm. like, because if you know how nonprofit, like, uh, as a former director of a nonprofit, you know that there is documentation of hours spent on a project. Yeah. So if you already knew that you did ten thousand dollars of work on something, where's your documentation, and how much were you charging yourself? Yeah. Because to me, it sounds like you did, you participated in a collaborative voting project over the span of a year. That does not sound like to me ten thousand dollars worth of nonprofit work. Yeah, so and like was it a competitive so process? Questions. Was there you know and, and the thing is there needs to be checks and balances on all that. So that when this happens, there's no you can say, well yeah, five people knew about it. All the people that, you know, were were the, emboldened to do so within the organization. So you have like that checks and balances to rely on so it doesn't look shady. Exactly. And honestly, if Especially this person knowing that there are conflict of interest problems with being a board member and then getting significant compensation. That's not reimbursement because that's not what this was. This was actually compensation um, for work that if you already knew that that's what your plan was in, in the beginning, you should have talked to the coalition who funded the work to pay you directly to do the work. Yeah. Like that's what should have happened instead of NAACP being a pass through. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, all this is, I'm saying this is like, I still support her, but I am discouraged by like a lot of other people that support her being like, this is nothing. Cause I don't know if it's nothing. I also don't know if, even if it was the worst case scenario, if I'm that upset about it, because, um, I, I, I we don't have these conversations, but I do think the way that we talk about morality in America and even theft is um, rooted in sort of privilege. I mean, it's a lot easier for somebody who has a job but is rich to say, I would never steal a dollar than somebody who is like starving. So not that I'm excusing it. I'm just saying it's different and we don't like nuance these things at all. So if Joanne takes an organization that has zero dollars and like zero members and grows it to $60,000 a year and 50 members or whatever, and she's doing all this hard work and she like isn't eating at night because she can't afford it. Like how many 
like for any human being in that situation, how many hungry nights does it take before you're like, should I just buy myself a meal? I have the power to do it, you know? Are you saying that Joanne is in that situation? I, like, I would, I would look I, at this I, differently if this was a crime of survival. This was yeah. not a crime of survival. You don't think so? No, I don't know her finances, but I assumed that she I don't was know. not rich. I know, but I we can't assume that Joanne owns a home and that Joanne has their own consulting company and has consulting clients. And what Joanne's campaign responded with said Joanne was coming out of a divorce. So, like, yeah, we can hypothesize that there were there was financial stress due to divorce. But yeah. That's not the same as being impoverished. But didn't we see, I think in those first stories about our tax filings, that that consulting business was not at all lucrative. Hmm. I mean, at least at the end. I don't know if it ever was, but I know that um, towards the end they were saying that the the consulting business was basically defunct because it didn't have clients. And so, oh, see, I didn't read this article. The first ones about um, her the tax OPB filings. One? No, not like way before, like in February, I think, um, about her tax filings, because the first accusation was she's not paying her taxes. Um, and so and she had to, like, go alter one form or oh, something like that. Oh, that's even huger. So. That's even huger that they're apparently saying that the the company didn't have revenue yeah and then yeah. we're hearing that there's a ten thousand dollar unreported so what bill. percentage of that you know ten thousand dollars was the whole company's revenue i'm like i you know i don't want to like run down this rabbit hole to help fucking lock up I, joanne hardesty but it, it's just like it's not nothing you know so acting like it's nothing i don't think helps either candidate um and i think the most likely scenario that does happen is nothing and people are like yeah maybe joanne isn't a very good accountant and then she does get elected i, I still think that's the most likely scenario but there are definitely other plausible scenarios that exist now so i'm reading this Oregonian article that came out august 16th and it says the city and county exempt the first fifty thousand in revenue a business generates from taxes the most hardest she reported her consulting business generating was 33000 So if you already add on the 10000 or the 13000 from the NAACP that was unreported, you're almost to 50000 So it, could there be another unreported five or so? Probably. Um, so there are questions about, and like the thing about consulting but, business. But that's the most like, she ever reported. So for all we know, that was four years ago in last year you know was only ten thousand or something mm -hmm. and that check was 50 percent mm -hmm. of that company's revenue <laughs> that's true yeah god i hope people don't listen to this so and that's they're like, weird then so if you're saying <laughs> you're saying that the most they've ever reported to the city is thirty-three thousand at all and then we already know at least of one check for thirteen thousand. like it's just a very unfortunate situation where now people have genuine questions of whether tax evasion is happening yeah it's definitely not a good scenario and one thing that you shouldn't do is 30 minute interviews with opb like with no parameters and just you and reporter just and have that let that interview be released like that's not something when you're in these sort of legal predicaments that any lawyer would ever recommend that you do so i don't know whose decision that was but i don't think it was a good one um and there was so so hopefully she hires good lawyers and um 
there's probably innocent explanations to all of this potentially at least that a lawyer could think of and and then we can just move on but the thing is also from loretta's side it's like so let's say she's down 25 points i don't think this is a 25 point story unless like there's jail um and so it's like if anything the most likely scenario is you're just like hampering her when she does get into office you know like how if hillary clinton would have been elected but there's still investigations open it would be really hard for her to get things done and the right would use that as fuel like it's going to be hard for joanne hardesty to implement the policies that i believe in if she has like an investigation hanging over her head that loretta smith sent after her mm-hmm well, I wouldn't like it's not on Loretta Smith. Like these news articles came out before Loretta said anything. And I think even though Loretta used the word embezzlement, the news stories are the news stories. And so I don't want to put all the accountability or blame on Loretta Smith either. Yeah. Like, ultimately, we're saying, oh, how dare somebody bring attention to the actions of somebody who did the actions. And that's also, yeah. like, the, the, the truth. Like, I think people, the culture in Portland and across the country is that we are afraid of bringing attention to people's actions that they should be accountable for. And that, to me, is evasion of accountability, so to a degree, let's say let's look at, you know, Loretta Smith's role in this whole situation. But ultimately, what's happening right now is due to a person who chose not to follow the law and then chose to run for a po- prominent position. Yeah. And so now this person has faced the consequences of doing things that were not law correct, correct to the law. Mm-hmm. And now they put themselves into a place where they're a target to the media Mm -hmm. and to their political opponents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know why you put this on the agenda. Damn. Well, what this means, what the, I know it's not good. What this means now is that whoever is the first black woman on Portland city council is not going to enter office scandal free. Um, and so that's not awesome. Because whether it's Loretta yeah. or Joanne, there are scandals, and it's not, um, it's not good, and it distracts us from the policies that both of them are trying to bring to city council. Exactly. Tear. But I, I also would say, you know, to expect a politician to not be human is irrational and unfair and just dumb. And so for us to be like, look at this person made a mistake one time in their life. Um, They're corrupt. They can't be trusted. That to me also seems like an overreach. Yeah. And that might, that's probably how it might be spun by some people because they don't want to see a black woman in power. Uh, But ultimately I would never not say that any elected official in Portland has had a scandal free, um, history. Maybe they, just people just don't know about the scandals that yeah. they actually were involved in because mm-hmm. everybody's made mistakes. Yep. I um, can name one for all the city commissioners who are currently on the city council. All right, go. <laughs> well, there's a certain somebody who paid their uh, uh, campaign supporter to do a no-bid rebranding of a bureau. So that's one that was in the news a couple months ago. 
I don't recall. All right, so salty. <laughs> moving on. Can we move on? Do you want to move on? Yes, yes, let's okay. move on. Okay, well, last one, just because it's the main story, we don't really have to talk about it that much because everybody already knows, but Brett Kavanaugh, who's a horrible Supreme Court justice or potential Supreme Court justice, was accused by someone who anonymously... Yeah, don't say that word. What? Don't call him. Yeah, don't I know. Call, don't confirm it. I know, yeah, but he was accused... Originally, the accuser had wrote a, um, a letter to Dianne Feinstein, who was her... Um, elected official um, Feinstein kept it secret at, at the wishes of the victim who then um, somehow it leaked when only Diane Feinstein had it um, before the the or during the hearings and it's sort of thrown um, a grenade into these hearings and so now she's going to testify next week he's going to testify and we'll get a he say she say scenario and then republicans will probably confirm him um so it's like anita hill all over again which i don't remember because i wasn't there but that's the comparison i keep seeing yeah yeah it's not good it's it's super not good because i mean all it shows is like these like Republicans, like Trump's tweet was like, uh, if it was really as bad as she said it was, you would expect there to be police reports. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Trump does not. Yeah. And there's Trump's just, and like super and not believing people. Yeah. I mean, he was down for Roy yeah. Moore himself. Like, yeah. So, but like, not just that, but the whole Republican party is behind this. And it's not like, because, uh, like, obviously we have problems in both parties and, and stuff and just with men in general. But um, only one party right now is on whole saying we don't believe this victim because we want this president. Like, it shouldn't even be a political issue. It doesn't make sense that all Democrats are saying we believe her and all Republicans don't believe her. Like, that's it's gross. Yeah. Well, this country is going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, and this is going to be the Supreme Court justice that gets to decide if Robert Mueller's uh, indictment is even going to be to stand. Like, what if Robert Mueller suggests impeachment, but says, yeah. <laughs> but says I can't constitutionally indict a sitting president, but he committed this list of crimes, and this is the findings of my report? Does yeah. anybody in the country think Republicans are then going to say, yep, impeach? No, it's not going to happen. What really feels weird to me about just this whole shit show that's happened for the last two years, it's not like Voldemort came in and took over the Ministry of Magic. What happened was, like, Voldemort came in, and now we're currently battling whether or not these corrupt people are corrupt <laughs> enough to take over the Ministry of Magic. And so it just feels so agonizing because we're like, oh no, Armageddon's coming, but it's coming at this like slow-ass velocity <laughs> where you just see this fucking like storm coming for you. And I'm like, just kill me already! Build the fucking wall! Deport yeah. us all! Like, we can't keep like struggling for two years so you're gonna do this. And like, is it gonna happen? What the fuck's going on? Yeah. Ah. Uh. You know, like, fucking Bush passed the fucking Patriot Act, did all kinds of crazy shit, and, like, Trump is just, like, this fucking, like, charade. Like, if the fucking, like, if evil is gonna happen, let's just get it over with. Like, I'm just tired of waiting and seeing all this dysfunction. It's just, like, uh, it hurts. Like, I'm desensitized to the fact that our country's going to hell. Because, like, 
it's not like technically happened yet. Yeah, it'd be like if somebody was like, like NASA's like, all right, there's a meteor coming for the world and everything's going to be fucked and it's going to come sometime between 50 and 150 years. We don't really know. And just prepare as if. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah. well, what do I do? Yeah. Do I go to work? Yeah. Because <laughs> at the same time, like, he's trying to, like, appoint Brett Kavanaugh, he's talking about the Space Force. So, me, it's like, I'm like, so, and like, I guess that's part of his distraction is that, you know, he's trying to do this, like, really, like, fascist, scary shit. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he's just, like, completely, like, hitting us with curveballs. Like, yeah. So, like, just distracted. And we're watching, like, Oliver's Last Week Tonight to like get our jollies meanwhile he's trying to be evil over here so like maybe it's a distraction method but i don't i don't think there's a method to his madness i think no it's like a perfect storm in the white house yeah it's like a perfect storm yeah there's a toddler in the white house and we're treating it like there's insult toddlers i'm sorry yeah sorry stokely and so we're like there's (laughs) like you know like everybody's like trying to watch their president like it's a normal ass president but really there's a toddler and they're like okay we have to watch every movie does because he's the president and he's like fucking shitting and sleeping and pooping and and spitting and burping and like and it's yeah it's it's horrible um we could just convert to anarchism and say that politics doesn't matter the and start a care team and kick everybody out that we don't like yeah <laughs> um there was somebody on my facebook the other day because i was wh- what were we talking about oh the measures that are like up in um oregon that are all like republican based except for one of them and they're like horrible um and somebody was like if voting was so important they wouldn't let us do it and i'm like do you realize like where i live oh now all over the south that they really are trying to not let you do it like oh really- my gosh <laughs> Like, yeah, for you, who's like, yeah, voting doesn't matter because you've gotten to vote and have all the power you already need, Mr. White Man. But like they are taking people's voting powers away. That is so dumb. It's so dumb. Or like all the like anarchistas who um, who were like super mad that I have a picture with Cory Booker. And it's like but it's like all white people that are like we have to hate everybody in power and it's like, but they never know what it's like to like see black people in power when none of them are really black people like ever in power. So like, like even if Obama's horrible, you can still say that like, it's inspiring that we had a black president and that he might have inspired millions of black boys and girls across the world who, or thems, who are like now get to, um, um, you know, potentially yeah. be even better than Obama. Like, they don't understand that because everybody's been like them in office for the history of ever. Well, I think for, for anarchists, um, because I am somebody who entertains the idea of anarchism, mm-hmm. and I entertain all of our structures. Like, how can we allow valuable, you know, acute academic you know, proposals to change the way that we do things in our country. So I totally entertain how I can be an anarchist in my life and my political views and structures and everything Mm -hmm. that has to come with nuance. So you can't say, you know, I don't believe in government. Every single person who participates in the government is equally bad. And that's what a lot of anarchists do from the Senator to a a trash person who might work for fucking Metro. So like, 
it's kind of ridiculous that there is no sense of nuance whatsoever. And so with that, not only do you not have nuance there, you aren't showing what is the solution. So mm-hmm. you're saying, I'm against all of this. And then so we say, so show us what you're doing that's successful. Because I think if people saw a success, because I don't think people are saying, well, I love dysfunction. I keep doing this system because um, I love how dysfunctional it is. They're saying this is the best that we know. Yeah. And so unless you're able to show, here's what I have done. Here's what I have built, as you said. And here's what's working. Come join me. Then you're not actually giving anybody a solution. You're just making people feel shitty. Mm-hmm. You're being a bully. So. Ex- a bully. Yes, exactly. And like. We're in this, like, oh, like, we went through how bad bullies are in our country, and, like, there was this whole movement against bullies, and then, like, for some reason, the most woke people in the world all became internet bullies. Yep. Yeah. Virtue signaling. It's, it's, it's sad. And I think for me, like, I've had to, like, create a lot of boundaries with my relationships with the folks, because I think... There's just a lot of people who don't want to be accountable mm-hmm. for for what they do and what they say. And we are just not united as a country. And yeah. I think folks constantly are like, well, you're being div- divisive or you're not bring- you're not being collaborative and things like that. And it's just like, can we acknowledge that that's the society that we're in and that's not the responsibility of any one person? And so for me, it's like, how do you foster collaboration by working with collaborators? Like that's something that we miss. We're constantly yeah. like, well, we have to have consensus and we're going to let this one person who came to the first meeting, doesn't know anybody's name, tells us that we all suck and therefore we're not going to do anything. Yeah. And not only that, we're going to think that that person is the most enlightened one because they were the one to find justification to say how we all suck. You know, and and my theory is like, I don't know if it's because I'm in the South or because I'm just not in Portland, but it seems like that, like all that stuff that we talked about, like all the time, but especially last podcast and now and stuff, like it feels like it doesn't exist here at the same level. I don't know what it is. I, I think that there's a mix of like white protest um is basically what exists in in portland like any protest is going to be majority white people based on demographics and privilege and all sorts of things like the white protest doesn't exist here like how it exists in portland so um i don't know if it's like chicken or the egg type of thing but just anarchist organizing um not even organizing is not even the right word anarchists like fucking whatever the hell they do um just doesn't exist here at the same level and it's like so much more refreshing because it's all like if you came and you were like an anarchist and you're like all of you guys suck they'd be like okay that's great but what have you done um to like help the world from sucking so bad and they're like oh i've posted on facebook all the time and it's like they would be like okay well you're Mm. you're a joke like we're not dealing with that yeah and like for me it's like somebody could come to me and be like you know, uh, I loved Hillary Clinton so much. She's the most inspiring person I've ever met. And I loved everything about her on policy. And like for an anarchist, you'd be like, okay, well, you're a damn liberal, you're trash, and I'm never talking to you again. And I'm blocking you on Facebook. And then I'm going to post about you. Um, For me, I'd be like, okay, well, then how do you feel about the DA race? And how do you feel about this race? And if there's one or like one issue, and if there's something that we are 100% in agreement on, I'd be like, great, let's work together on that. 
you know and it's like yeah. for them they're like no we can't work with that person because they're not as radical as me on every single issue and the thing is every single person that you come into contact with is either going to be slightly more radical way more radical less radical like nobody's exactly as radical as you so just because you d haven't figured out what every single person's position is doesn't mean that like everybody's in agreement with you Preach. And that's why it's easier for people to hate me and you because or, and like anybody that's out there is because now we have more opportunities to hear from that person what their positions are. So if I only get to talk to somebody about five different things and it's like, oh, do you think black people should be um, arrested for being black? Do you think that immigrants should be deported or something? We talk about five things and it's like, oh, yeah, we're a complete agreement. But like if it's me and you and that person ends up hearing 10,000 policies from us but they find one that they disagree with now we're trash you know but they would have yeah. disagreed with anybody else on that same number if not more policies they just don't hear about them because there's not as like this um inundated amount of information and, and ideas coming from that person because they're not a public figure yeah 100 percent. yeah so i don't i don't think there's a solution i think it's it, it's it's sad for me because I don't want it to feel like I'm discounting discounting any person or movement. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like keeping your eyes on the prize, being about movement building, and not letting detractors and defectors take your momentum. Because I think that happens a lot, where there are people who say no and don't really have a vision of what yes looks like yeah. and they want nothing to happen because they just want it to be a no. Yeah. And so for us it's like let's like something has to move in motion. Yeah. And we can't let perfect be the enemy of good. We're going to go for wins. I'll take a baby win. I want the big wins. But let's move towards winning and we can do that in a way. Like if if you don't even want us work in, in elections you can do education campaigns mm -hmm. and you'll know, start doing your own events and start building your own structures that can get people involved instead of using all of your hard-earned energy stopping other people who are getting baby wins so i think even anarchists will recognize oh that thing you're fighting for is a baby win and because it's a baby win and not the win that we want we want to kill it yeah like to me that makes no fucking sense yep. if you're literally acknowledging this is a net positive even if it's not big enough for you then just get out the way yeah get out the way don't obstruct do your own thing yep yeah if you are only focused on working on utopia and revolution then go ahead and do that but don't like also fuck up everybody else who's trying to do the baby steps to get to a similar place you know yeah yeah like reformists people hate reformists and i'm like i don't like love reformists i don't worship them but like let them do their thing if they're not reforming in a bad way let them do their thing yeah because like there's a scarcity model they're like well if we let people stay reformists then that takes away mo um, um, uh, momentum and motivation for our movement and i'm like that is scarcity as fuck like that is mm -hmm. you literally becoming a reformist in your own kind of weird way yeah so i just don't waste my time on it yeah what else about Atlanta? Tell us some magical stories. Have you had Bucci yet? No. I don't know where to find Have it. The kombucha. Go to Little Five Points. That's where I found it. At oh, the, okay. Savandana, the um, 
the that's the co-op there uh -huh. and little yeah. five points we're actually gonna yeah. go explore little five but we like drive through little five points all the time and every time cat's like "Ooh, i love this neighborhood and so we're gonna go explore um there and actually next weekend but elena's awesome i was in dc for like a week for the congressional black caucus um conference um i got stuck there for extra long because we drove and could not drive through the carolinas because of the hurricane <laughs> which you know was not the end of the world so i got to stay i mean work you know in dc for like extra days but it's cool to get to work in a hotel versus like where i live so um Works awesome. Let's see. Um, and then uh, I got elected as the at-large board officer something of the DSA Atlanta, which is great. And DSA Atlanta's chair was elected also, who is now a black woman. So that's great, too. I'm proud of you, bro. So what's your agenda? Your gay, I mean, gay, your black socialist agenda. Sorry, I didn't mean to out you. Ah, no. No, I can't run for <laughs> office in the South. Um, so, I don't know. I think that um, the one thing about DSA, I think, in Portland, too, um, DSA in Portland exploded so fast that, like, it's not like I would have been able to come up with answers on the fly um, during that also. But here, like, we're more on the beginning of that. Um, and so I think that when someone comes through the door at any DSA meeting or in any um, place that works like this, it's hard for them to see how do I work here um, and get something done. And I don't, for lack of a better term, how do I gain power in this organization to be able to like influence what's happening? Um, because sometimes if you walk in a room with 600 people and there's five people sitting at the front and you're like, okay, well, I'm not one of those five. I'm never going to be one of those five. Am I here to be lectured at by those five? Am I here to like support what those five want to do? Or how do I like use my skills to better this organization. So I think finding ways, like just because I'm an at-large board officer, like everybody else in that organization should be almost as powerful as that and be able to sway the organization if they put in the work in. So mm -hmm. the, I just hope that we can cultivate a way as we grow to avoid what's happened in some DSA chapters that are bigger where people are, are much more powerless. Um, and so, yeah. That's what I'm excited for. Um, it's already pretty diverse, but it could be more diverse given what um, Atlanta is. And so, um, and, and just like in Portland, it's not the fault of the people that aren't in the room. It's the fault of the people that were already in the room. So fixing that culture and, um, and then becoming, like making socialism not a bad word in the South would be really cool. I mean, yeah. Bernie Sanders lost the entire South. Um, and well, what if you like made it like fried socialism? Like, what if you like I don't know socialism cobbler? Like, add some little like soul food into it. Yeah. Soul socialism. Or Hennessy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, socialism. <laughs> the S O U L. Like that could actually be popping. <laughs> That's a good idea. M write a book. <laughs> write your memoir. Like how socialism. you brought socialism to how you brought socialism to the south. All right, like, stop. Oh give, my me, give me these ideas not on the podcast, so it looks like they're mine. <laughs> oh when... <laughs> shit! I'm genius. I'm a genius. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We can co-write. I'm from Virginia. We can totally co-write this. Ooh, we could. <laughs> yeah, I was just in your in your state. I was in the DMV. 
Yeah, represent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you met Cory Booker there. You didn't yeah. meet my mom. Rude. I, <laughs> I met Eric Holder. People were really pissed about that one. I met Terry McAuliffe. That was kind of cool, Why? but I didn't get a picture with him. What, what the fuck? What? Eric Holder, just because he's a lawyer? No, because he ran the Justice Department, so they're like, that guy locked up a bunch of people. Oh, uh, why didn't he charge the bankers and um, gotcha. or people for, like, dropping drones or some shit like that? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, that's cool. And I finally met your boo, DeRay. McKesson was in town. How'd that go? Ago. He was fine. He spoke. And I told him that he's supposed to be on the podcast. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Which, you know, busy people always like, yeah, let's do it. Then you don't hear from them for a year. Did you so, get his number? No, you have his number. I do you? have his number. But did, you, like, told him this podcast, right? Yeah. Okay. Because if you were just yeah, like, hey, down. we're supposed to do the podcast, and he was just supposed to know what you were talking about, it's like, shit. No, I said your name. And he was like, oh, yeah, I love Gary McKelvey. He has really nice skinny jeans. Uh. He said that? No. Ah, uh, <laughs> damn. No, but he knew who you were, and he said yeah. he wants to do the podcast, and I said, well, Greg's in uh, Atlanta now, so we'll have to do it online. Yeah, he's coming here in October, so maybe I could link with him, and we could just do, like, how we're doing right now, and you could just be on the phone. Maybe I could come visit y'all in Atlanta. If there's cheap plane tickets, maybe. No, tickets are so cheap. I mean, I know. Shit, I mean, I'm kind of showing my privilege here, but they're, like, 300 bucks. But <laughs> Yeah, I know. I should do it. Well, yeah, text him. And you'd and stay for free, gonna- too. Yeah, I know, I know people in Atlanta. Don't act like you're giving me a benefit. But, yeah. Um, what, are you going to not stay with us? No, I'll stay with you. But, oh, like, okay. every time I travel, I stay for free. So, like, you're not giving me anything special. Oh, okay. Well, not um, everybody. Well, damn. Sorry. I thought it was being nice. Not everybody gets to stay I, for free places. Are, I, I know. Thank you. No, you are very nice. But I'm telling you that's not a consideration for me. All right. Um, All right, Coolio. But if DeRay does come to October. Uh, Atlanta in October and wants to do the podcast in person, then I will come. You'll fly? Yeah, I'll fly. Hell yeah, let's make it happen. Woo! Chocolate caramel in Atlanta! Yeah. No, we'll actually like be less colorful. We'll more be like beige and <laughs> tapioca. I know. We'll be like the whitest people on my block, for sure. If we did it at my <laughs> they'll, house, they'll be like, who are these white people, the fucking gentrifiers? They'll, they'll <laughs> listen to our voices and be like, we were totally their people of color yeah. on a podcast. <laughs> I have to see pictures. Where are the birth certificates? I know. We're going to... Yeah. <laughs> We could post a picture of just three white dudes and no one would know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hey, you want to hear a crazy story, though, that happened to me in Atlanta? Uh, oh, man. I'm tired of your amazing stories. No, it's bad. Have I told you about my neighbor? No. Okay, my neighbor's been here for 60 years, right? I live in the hood, 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 hood. Like, to where, like, just the other day, some kid that wanted to mow my lawn that lives across the street was like, yeah, one day I just want to make it out the hood. I'm like, damn, nigga, me too. Uh, But uh, we just didn't know where we were going to live, and we picked a bad spot. So, um, basically, my neighbor's been here for 60 years, like, black couple and, like, churchgoers. They wear the hats and stuff. Like, just picture old black people, but, like, as stereotypical as possible. And so um, then a white dude moves on the other side of them. So two houses door from me. And within a week, he called the cops on this black family that's been there for 60 years um, for keeping their dog outside because he thought that it was too hot. 
Um, and, what? And yeah, so they kept their dog outside, oh like my chained, God. which like every five houses in Atlanta, that's what's going on. I don't like love it, but like that's not rare here. Um, but he yeah. called the cops. He didn't come knock. He just moved in, and they've been there for sixty years. He hasn't even been there from sixty days. Animal control comes, takes the dog because the water bowl was empty at that exact moment. Um, oh my gosh! Charges her. And she has court for a crime that she can go to jail for. Oh, my. And she's like God. 80 years old. So, yeah, gentrification kills. Oh, my God. Whole. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So you better camp on that dude's lawn. It, it's, Holy shit. It's crazy. And, like, literally, so there was a, I forget the exact story, so I'm going to fuck this up. But basically, I'm sure it's been repeated in many forms. But there was another story, like, somewhere else in the country where um, white family moves in, calls the cops on, like, this schizophrenic guy who lived up the street. But everybody that was there before knew him, like, because it was a neighborhood and they all know each other. And they just know that he's not, like... Um, acting like everybody else. And he calls the cops on this person. Cops come and shoot that person. And it's like, that's like, those are the impacts of gentrification. You come into a neighborhood and start weaponizing the state against people. And like, it has real life consequences. So this couple has not ever committed a crime. They've just been here for 60 years. The, the, um, the husband is like dying. He like can barely walk and is always going to the hospital and stuff. And now they have to fight actual crime that they could serve a year in prison for damn and she has no idea i mean it's not like you get a good public defender in georgia and like she has no idea like she was trying to ask me legal questions and like she she was like can i sue animal control for coming on my property and it's like it's just like not a good situation for her so yeah there's a story of gentrification that people don't think of damn yeah, I mean, I'm at the epicenter of gentrification, like right here. So it's like it looks like Northeast Portland, like ten years ago, and there's like, um, so it'll be like house that's like black family's been there for sixty years, um, another black family who like rents and's been there for a while, another black family's been there for sixty years, white family with the nicest house in the neighborhood, abandoned house, abandoned house, abandoned house black family it's like like that's literally the breakdown and i've never seen so many abandoned houses like within a 10 house radius of me on either side of the street there's probably 10 abandoned houses (laughs) damn yeah well i have a message for white people stop it yeah stop it just stop stop calling the cops it's crazy stop being stop being white just stop all that white nonsense just stop it's just it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking on an 80 year old black grandma yep like just weaponizing the cops like like white people this shit happens all the time and this these are white people Mm -hmm. who think that they are doing good things you yep. think that they have good intentions and don't realize the havoc they're wrecking yep. this happens in portland all the time it happens in atlanta like white people acknowledge the violence just like the disaster that you can cause on people with your power and the privilege of thinking that calling nine one one is like your own personal buddies to go do whatever you want around town like i've never had that feeling you know that i can call the government and they'll come and like with guns to do my bidding anywhere around the city. <laughs> like, Man. Well, I'm so happy I have Brown Hope. 
We're having a reparations power hour tonight. We hired our first employee for Brown Hope. Yeah. We have an operations coordinator. Her name is Rachel, and she is a queer black woman who was born and raised in Northeast Portland. What? And it was amazing. She went to school in Oakland. She came back after that, and I was like, why did you come back to school after Oakland? And she, I forget what she told me, but, you know, she drank some kind of Kool-Aid and came back here to be with her family. Wow. Is it full-time? And... No, it's only part-time, but oh. she wanted melanin so badly that she quit her full-time job what? working for an accounting firm to work with us because she was that tired. She literally came in on the day that she quit, uh, of her final day at work, crying, saying she was so happy to be done with that white supremacist institution. Oh, my so, God. Like, I believe in the work that brown hook does i think that we can and we do save lives and we are changing the culture of race and we're changing white supremacy and we are centering the lives and the beauty of black brown and indigenous people so like for me i just constantly just love every like my job my other job at q center is stressful and we're on Mississippi Avenue, which is has been a constant battleground for, like, it is ground zero for gentrification and white supremacy. I go to the monthly historic Mississippi Business Association meetings where they complain about not having money to do anything. And I'm like, how the fuck did y'all gentrify us out of this community and you don't have money to do any operations as a business association. Like, that is the power of white supremacy, that you are able to come in here, take over all the businesses, take over this neighborhood, and you have a business association that can't do anything. So like, I have just dealt with so much stress here at my job at Q Center, but every time I go to the bakery, or I go to our representatives power hour, and I'm surrounded by our people, I just feel like a new person. And so I don't want these experiences to be a once a week thing or a once a month thing. Like I want organizations that are a beacon for us that we can be going to every day. And so I just continue to push that vision of Brown Hope. Um, I'm sorry that Greg, you never came to one of our reparations power hour events. They are truly church-like. They are truly just rejuvenate. You had one like the day I had a baby. Ah, well, you cut up, you cut up, pushed it back in. You know, didn't need to like take it out. You could have like just given it like a little bit of like ibuprofen, let it take a nap, whatever. But no, you decided to like be a father and then move out of fucking Portland. And we've been doing this shit since May. Yeah, like, he was born in one. May. I know we did one in May, June, July, and August. You could have came to one of those. Yeah, I mean, I had a newborn, but yeah. Nah, we had child care. I know it doesn't count. I know. <laughs> Did but you have breast milk? Cat <laughs> would have to stay home anyways. Cat wasn't invited. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> See, well, then it's even worse. <laughs> oh, man. Can Stokely come to reparation happy hours? Yes, Stokely passed the test. So what if Stokely <laughs> married and had a kid with a white person? That starts to get questionable. <laughs> <laughs> we had a situation happen recently where there was like a person who might have been like an eighth or a sixteenth black who came in. But like the problem was the person would come in and say, like, I'm an eighth or I'm a sixteenth, looked at me straight in the face and said, I am African American. <laughs> so like 
I thought that this person was mentally ill. I was like, this person clearly <laughs> needs some help. We'll get them some burger. We'll get them a seat outside. And we'll, I don't know what we'll do. We'll try to find them some services. Call the cops. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was awkward. But then she had a son who apparently... His dad is black, so, like, he's darker than her, and so he came by, and from there, it just got very confusing. It's like, we've had those situations, um, but, yeah, we allow anybody who identifies as black, brown, indigenous to self-identify, and so... Wait, what about Rachel um, Dolezal? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, she has acknowledged that racially she is human, and we do not let racially human people come in to our event you have to identify racially as black brown or indigenous she is culturally black so our home weird so our homie gets to come who's our homie the famous one i don't know who you're talking about Uh, damn it i don't want to say it who's our famous homie shit we have a famous homie who there's a i mean we don't know him but there's a controversy over his race that's not Bruno Mars, is it? <laughs> uh, he's an activist. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, I don't know if I would want homie to come. Now oh. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but he self-identifies. I know. <laughs> I guess I'd have to let it pass. I don't want to get sued or something, have an article written about me. Yeah, yeah. Well, Emmett Week will be calling. Man. <sighs> Well, this was fun, Greg. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to say, um, after you said all the Brown Hope stuff, in your face, you damn anarchist, what the fuck have you built? You don't even believe in IRS filings. You can't even make a 501c3. And you don't need one. The thing about 501c3s is that most people can't get that tax deduction. Like, tax deductions are mostly for super wealthy people who can avoid taxes with these tax deductions. Mm -hmm. So for... For people who want to do mutual aid, you don't need a 501c3. Like, a great example is PTU. Oops, I said them in the podcast. I'm horrible. Uh, but they are not a 501c3. They are an organ nonprofit, but they don't get tax-deductible yeah, tax yeah, deductible yeah. donations. Yeah. So, like, you don't need that. So, you can build your own shit. Okay, well, fuck, you know what I mean. System. You still have to file some forms. No, you don't. Nothing? I guess you need a bank. Like, you don't even need a bank account. You can put that shit in a piggy bank. You can do Bitcoin. You can do PayPal. You don't need anything. Oh. Yeah, I mean, PR has nothing. That's a lie. Y'all had something, but, you know, then I left and then all turned to crap. No, I mean, we don't have, like, a C3, you know? <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, sorry. Then I take back everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're still going strong. Jerk. Long live the resistance. No, what what are they going to do? They don't have the two brown faces anymore. Who's left? Jimmy. Jamie? Jimmy. Jimmy? Who's Jimmy? Jim Offsink. Oh, but yes, that is our, our, our brown. Come on. It's Jewish. All right. Uh... Jewish. <laughs> All right, I got to get going. My phone's going to die. We always have to roast our friends at the end. So I still love everybody that I offended by the recording of this podcast. Yeah. Except for Brett Kavanaugh and the Bundys and Trump. 
yeah, I still love you, Stormy Daniels and Jeff Merkley. Um, if I could vote in Portland, I'd still vote for Joanne Hardesty. And I'll write you in prison, Paul Manafort. <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again maybe in another two months. Signing off, Misfit Forum. Bye.